been 10 minutes, um, my Bossa Nova horse <laughs> and my off-the-track thoroughbred, my five-year-old Drake, um, went down to the water's edge, and I thought nothing of it. And all of a sudden, they leapt right in, swam for several feet up before I whistled to them, thinking, what are you guys doing? And they, they did actually come out of the, up out of the water. Oh, um, so, awesome. no, it was unplanned dunk. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. Hey, Karen, did you see that really nice email that we got? I sure did from Laura B. Laura B. She was so nice. Can you read everybody what, what she said uh, in her nice email to us? She says, hey, guys, my name is Laura B. And I'm an upper level eventer from the Midwest, specifically Sycamore Maple Park, Illinois. I was turned onto your podcast by one of my lovely clients. I have to say, this is what the eventing community needs. The sport is just way too amazing not to be seen and heard. Inspiration can come in the simplest form, and you brought it our way. Trying to compete at the upper levels is becoming quite the test of drive and ambition around here in the Midwest, and your chats with upper levels around the country are really helping us stay motivated. Just wanted to send a thank you. Very nice. Laura B., thank you so much for sending that email. And uh, just if anyone else wants to send an email, we absolutely do read emails, don't we, Karen? We do. So the email is majorleagueeventing at gmail.com. Right, Karen? Yep. So, Laura, we're going to try to keep bringing you content that keeps you motivated, and hopefully we can meet you soon. Cheers. Cheers. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And on today's show, we have a special guest. Welcome to the show, three-star eventer, Andrew McConaughey. Andrew, thanks for coming to the show, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, this is fantastic. You know, you were just on the Monday news for Eventing Nation, and we were like, we got to get this guy on the show, yeah. Karen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so thanks a lot for coming on, buddy. You are on fire these days. Thank you. Yeah, I've, I've had a great um, spring season and into the summer. It's getting pretty hot down here um, in Ocala, Florida. But yeah, things are things are rolling on very well. So thank you very much. Ocala. I can imagine it's uh, I can imagine it's a little toasty in yeah, Ocala this hot. time. <laughs> is it is in Ocala, Florida? Yeah. Is it the days get early like you just start super early or are you riding through the heat? Yeah, I do start early um, to save the horses and the horses that are doing a little bit more. You, you kind of start with them. Um, and then if you have some that are hacking, then they can wait a little bit into the afternoon. But it it gets hot everywhere, to be honest. I was up in Southern Pines, uh, North Carolina for years, and, and it got pretty pretty toasty up there. So in the afternoons, it will rain pretty hard and cool everything down. So you just have to be a little bit smart, but um, it's not measurable by any means. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Andrew, let's go back to the beginning and uh, talk about how, as a guy from Massachusetts, gets into riding. At what age did you start? Uh, good question. So, my mom had a um, riding lesson program up in outside of Boston. Um, and funny enough, she had a couple Western horses to start. And so, until I was about six or seven years old, I rode Western. And we did... Um, kind of the western pleasure i had a bolo and cowboy boots oh, nice. um, and and all of that and so that's how it started i had a black and white horse named candy 
and she was she was awesome. We'd go on trail rides and do the gymkhana and do the um, the slow loping in the arena. And she she was the one that got me hooked. Um, she was the first horse I won a blue ribbon on, and she just filled me with a lot of confidence. Um, and from there, my my mom's lesson program really grew, and it switched over to English, and then eventually into Pony Club. Um, and we got up to about 30 horses, wow. ho- horses and ponies, um, and a massive lesson program. There's over 300 kids a week that came. Oh, wow. um, so she did a, yeah, she did a remarkable job of, um, really turning it from nothing into something pretty big. Um, so I, as I was riding Western and the, the farm started to switch over to English, um, I started to watch people jump and thought, okay, that looks pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I switched over to, uh, to riding English, doing a little bit of hunter jumpers, um, up in Massachusetts, just more, uh, local fair type things. Um, and then fast forward a couple of years, uh, when I was in high school, I was introduced to Mark Donovan, um, who would come up to Massachusetts for the summer from North Carolina, from Southern Pines. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got riding with him. Um, and then about two weeks after I graduated from high school, I packed up my things and moved to North Carolina and started to, to really compete. But it wasn't until after high school. Wow. wow. And Mark, well, what a mentor to have. Yeah, he was incredible. Um, and he, I really owe a lot to him. He was um, great coach, great mentor. And I really think brought me kind of from my backyard into the scene a little bit. I remember the very first week I was in Southern Pines, the uh, riders that had just come home from the Athens Olympics were walking the course at Southern Pines horse trials. And I just, I remember thinking, I was just watching you on TV in Athens, and here you are. Um, so it was really eye-opening and, and kind of showed me what the sport of eventing was, at least in Area 2, and um, it's really, really fun, really exciting. Yeah. Isn't that one of the cool things about eventing is that, like like you just said, you could see uh, uh, you know the Olympic team, and then two weeks later you can be at uh, a, a trials, and there they are on one of their young horses, in the same division yeah. as you. It's incredible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, I don't think there's any other. So, like, imagine if you played, like, junior hockey and all of a sudden you're playing against, you know, Claude Giroux or something. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of a sudden it's like, wait a, a minute. Little, <laughs> this guy a plays A little high. daunting, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And, and, and it's definitely gets the, the young kids, uh, starstruck out there when, when one of their idols is warming up in the same ring as them. That's, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do things progress from, from there? Um, so I was in Southern Pines for about 10 years. Um, I was at Mark Donovan's for about four years. And then I moved over to just a little bit closer into town um, and worked with Bobby Costello, who again, helped me continue wow. further on in my education. Um, and he's just, he's a great guy, great coach. Um, and one of the best things was he was teaching a lot of people or is teaching a lot of people at the upper levels. And so, um, being at that property and also next door, I was able to watch a lot of lessons. And I think for me, I, I learn a lot by watching 
And so to have a lesson to practice and then to go back over and set fences, I think was really important um, and helped me progress. Even though I didn't have a lot of horsepower, I could, um, I could practice it and then kind of pick it apart and see what I needed to improve on or where I was kind of going down the right path. Um, so th- and that was incredible. I, I spent several years there. Um, and then a incredible friend of mine, Rachel Jurgens, basically lent me the ride on her uh, four-star horse, Ziggy. Um, and I had about two seasons of an incredible time on him where I got to do my first advance, the first three-star at Carolina um, and just gain a wealth of knowledge. And I owe it all to her and to him. Um, he's only 15-2. He's an off-the-track thoroughbred. That's cool. um, and he was 18 by the time he came to me. And But he didn't feel like it. <laughs> Pretty incredible. <clears throat> That's awesome. So now... Yeah, had a good time. Yeah. So now, did you eventually go out on your own down there? Yeah, I did. So when I moved from Mark Donovan's, I went out on my own. Um, Bobby was on the same property. Um, so it was, it was perfect. I could kind of start to have some more clients, teach some more lessons, um, all the while getting a lot of, um, advice and mentorship from Bobby. Um, so that worked out great. And the, the, the business grew really well. Um, I grew up to about 13 horses. Um, and I had my friend Liz Abudi help me. Um, and we just, yeah, competed a lot, taught a lot, worked really, really hard. Um, things went great, which was so nice and horses it doesn't always go that way but (laughs) going really well um then i then i was starting to think okay what's the next step how do i get myself to progress even further and i started to think okay i want to go to europe and um and see how they do it basically um but i told myself that i had a whole business i had a truck trailer car um friends clients all these things that um, I was telling myself that I couldn't leave behind, um, but I just knew that it was the right decision to make. And so I made plans to, I didn't know where, but I was going to go over to, to Europe and just further my education. Um, and luckily Karen O'Connor, uh, was, became involved and she called me up and she said, okay, if you're going to go to Europe, you must go to William Fox Pitt. And I'm going to call him right now. Wow. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, very, very lucky that she stepped in and kind of helped guide me in the right direction. Um, she hung up the phone with me. She called William. And about five minutes later, um, she called me back and said, OK, um, he's expecting your call. Go ahead and give him a ring. And um, he wants you to come over as soon as you can. Wow. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. Pretty, pretty great. So I called him. um and chatted with him for about 30 minutes. And this was, uh, would have been about November, no, December. Um, and yeah, talked with him for quite a while. And he basically said, all right, get your visa in order um, and come on over. Karen says that you would fit well on the program. Um, so I slowly but surely moved my clients to different friends that were in Southern Pines um, and sold some of the horses that I had and sold my car, those type of things. 
um, and made preparation to head over for what ended up being two years over there working and riding with uh, William Fox Pitt. That's amazing. That's so awesome. you just said I gotta I, I need to I need to learn more and just start from scratch. How long from the the, the, the call with Karen O'Connor to you hopping on a plane and flying over? It was only the amount of time that it took to do the visa. Um, so I, the visa process is uh, a pain in the neck, to be honest. It, <laughs> it you need recommendation. You need recommendation letters from all different people, um, from the British eventing, from the USCF. You need um, your a record. You need all kinds of things, and you need a lawyer. Um, so it was Ugh. a bit of trying to figure out how to do it. It was a little bit, um, little bit tricky. But luckily, I got linked up with a good lawyer that made sure everything was done to the T. Um, and I was able to get my visa a couple, it ended up being a couple months later. Um, but once I had the visa in my hand, I think I flew out four or five days later. I booked wow. my flight and I was, I was on my way. And you just, <laughs> you just sold off. Man, oh man, that takes a lot of courage, my friend. Holy yeah. smokes. <laughs> I do remember saying to William, I said, okay, if for some reason you don't like me or I don't fit in your program, would you help me find another <laughs> situation that would suit? Because I am, um, I am feeling like I'm about to jump into the deep end. I'm getting rid of all these things that I've built up over, over the last several years. But I said, I, it really feels like it's the right thing to do. And he said, Oh, absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll get on fine. Wow. Uh, uh, it's like you virtually burned the boats when you left. Like you didn't even have a truck or trailer if you did want to stay. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yep. I kept the only thing I kept was my truck. Um, okay. I was a little worried that I wouldn't be able to replace a, a kind of low mile dually truck. So yeah. I, I did keep that. And someone kept that going, but everything else. Yeah. Um, I was, all I had was my truck. Wow. That is <laughs> wow. awesome. So, yeah. so, you know, <clears throat> what, so what was that experience like? What, um, was it as beneficial as you hoped it would have been? Yeah, that's a good question. It really was. I mean, it's it's a lot of work, um, but I think that's where you learn the ins and outs of the program, the horse care, the management, um, the horsemanship, all these things that both William, but especially Jackie Potts, um, who is his longtime groom, she, she's been his secret weapon yeah, um, in soundness, in kind of health and management, weight, all of these things. So working alongside her too was was incredible. Um, and from William, I mean, how how to compete, preparation for three days, um, fitness, um, just how different horses work when they get stressed, when they get tense, and then at the same time being able to sit on the likes of Cool Mountain, um, Park Lane Hawk, Chilly Morning, Oslo. Nice. I mean, it was just the who's who of, of eventing. And it was really exciting and interesting to be able to be part of their programs, but also to um, really ride them frequently wow. um, and do a lot of work with them. So was your position like a uh, considered working student or were you like a rider or like what, what did they, what would you characterize what you were? Um, so one of the really nice things about Williams is everybody is kind of on the same plane. Um, 
he wants everybody to work to start at the same time, to finish at the same time, and really kind of work shoulder to shoulder, which, to be honest, was one of the reasons um, that made me so excited about his program because it wasn't different class or tier system. Um, but I was a rider there um, for the first year. Well, the, he always had a couple riders. Um, while I was there the first year, I worked with two other riders and one had his own horses um, and I went over without any horses. And so I got to do quite a bit of riding, quite a bit of competing. Um, and that progressed into the second year as well. And so over the two years, I competed 10 different horses in 50, over 50 horse trials, wow. um, including a few intermediates and a CCI one star at Houghton, um, all on Williams or Williams clients horses. Wow. So it was, yeah, pretty incredible. That sounds it. That is really, really cool. Now, is there many differences with training in Britain than here? Well, in William's program specifically, he does a lot of hacking. He doesn't do a lot of um, schooling or drilling or pounding on his horses, mm -hmm. um, which, again, suits me really well. I do like to go for hacks. I like to give my horses some downtime. Um, and that he, he really instilled because I think it, as the pressure gets heavier and as the importance of the competitions come up and the three days come, it gets really tempting to work harder and push your horse more and more and more. Um, but I think in reality, they need a little bit of the pressure taken off. So that was, that was a really great thing that William, who was, comp you know, is competitive at the top level has won the most four stars out of anybody in the world. Um, would take his horses out for a hack, you know, and just, and take the pressure off. And so I really liked how he uh, not only rode, but treated and saw his horses, not as machines or, or vehicles, but he really had great horsemanship. And that was something that I really tried to latch onto and, and take home with me. Well, wow, that's awesome. Well, I think a lot of times the perception is that the upper level riders, and maybe some are this way, but most all the ones that I know uh, really do care for their horses. I mean, they, the, the horses absolutely. Are, you know, yeah, I think I think you must. You know, there's there's there are a few that work them harder than others and things. And um, in horses, there's no one way to do it. You can you can get to the same end result uh, multiple different ways. But I sure. think you have to find what's right for you and and also ride your horse according to what they need. Um, and William specifically loved to have that puzzle. If a horse needed um, something different than his other horse, he really thrived on, okay, what bit does this one need? What program does this need? And so it was fun to have, I mean, everything, all different types of horses there. Um, and they all went very differently. He didn't have one specific type. Um, so you got to practice on a lot of different horses. That's hmm. awesome. That's really, really cool. What a great opportunity. Yeah. Now that you're back Definitely. in now that you're back in the US in Ocala, uh can you tell us about where you're based out of now and about your business? Absolutely, yeah. I am at Horsepower Equestrian, which is northwest of Ocala, um at Liz Halliday Sharp's beautiful huge facility. <laughs> um she has in the winter she has a lot of clinics and um and people coming to school the cross country and so with her going over to England for the summer, I, I gave her a call and said, hey, how would you feel if I um, kind of watch the place while you're away? And, and luckily, she 
she was all for that. Um, so I have six horses here right now. Um, I have a couple clients and lessons and things. Um, and so, yeah, we're just ticking along. A couple young ones and I have a prelim- eight-year-old preliminary horse of my own that I that I actually found the very last day I was in England. I had searched for for months, years, really. I had tried several different horses, and the day before I flew home, I had gone up to uh, northern England and and sat on him and decided he was the one for me. Um, so I have him back here um, in Ocala with me as well. Awesome. What's that horse's name? Uh, Bossa Nova is his proper name, and we call him Hugo in the barn. Oh, that is a superstar horse. You're you're on fire with that. Now, you just won the, I forget which area, but the championships on him, didn't you? Yeah, he, so he won the Open Preliminary Area 3 championships okay. at Chat Hills, and that was just this last weekend. Um, but yeah, he's been a great horse for me. I When I tried him, he... There was something about him that I really liked, and I couldn't couldn't quite put my finger on it. But I knew I knew I liked him, and I had sat on quite a few that I thought were cool, but they weren't really for me. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of took a chance on him, brought him brought him over, and I've done three trading levels and four preliminaries, and he's won he won all three of his um training levels and then i moved him up to preliminary so i went slow on cross country for the first one and then from then on he he won the next three preliminaries including the championship last weekend so he's been he's been a fantastic horse for me and um one that i think could go on and do quite a bit wow how long have you been back in the states now i got back middle of november um yeah middle of november okay so wow so you're really Came home, hit the ground running, and already have six horses in the barn. That's fantastic. And you're yeah. doing awesome with the I, I have, I have a wonderful client, uh, Laura Smith, who's from Barbados. Um, she's actually, her horse is being picked up in the morning to go to Columbia, of all places, for the Central American Games, um, mm-hmm. which is a CCI one-star. And she's a, she's a great lady, mom of two, and they are fielding the for the first time ever, a an eventing team for Barbados, and they are hoping to secure some Pan American Games spots. Oh wow! Um, each horse that finishes, yeah, each horse that finishes with a qualifying score um, gives them a space for the Pan Ams, and so it's been really great to work with her um, and her wonderful uh, Irish sport horse over here. That is super cool. Yeah, that is. Would you would you consider being the the Barbados national team if they go to the Pan Ams? Would I what? <laughs> consider being like the coach for the Barbados eventing squad. Wouldn't, uh, it... wouldn't that be fun? I mean, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't be wouldn't be a bad place to spend your afternoons on the beach in Barbados. Would it? <laughs> Do some yeah, shots on the that beach. Would be fun. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There, uh, there would be worse places. You know, and and you talk about uh, 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 horsepower equestrian. That is a beautiful facility, and uh, I don't think I've ever seen a barn with an airplane inside of it no, before. I've never. That's the first. That's my first ever. I was. I was. Uh, I, I walked. And not a single cobweb. Not a cobweb in sight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. It's a. It's a beautiful place. It has a full cross country. 
Um, it has a all-weather show jumping arena, and then it has an all a separate all-weather dressage arena with mirrors and, I mean, tons of acres to hack. And then we can go out the driveway, and there's woods and um, roads to hack on, and a, a walker and a round pen, and you just can't want for anything else. So I'm I feel very fortunate to to be able to produce horses here um, because I think think we have just about everything we need yeah it's beautiful and you know i saw some pictures on your social media a little while ago of your horses going for a swim is that an official (laughs) (laughs) sport or were they just warm and felt like going for a dip well yeah definitely was not planned i turned them (laughs) out um she has a a couple big huge fields and one of them has a pond in it and i thought okay that must that that would be nice this is a good idea within 10 minutes um, my bossa nova horse and my off the track thoroughbred, my five year old Drake, um, went down to the water's edge and I thought nothing of it. And all of a sudden they leapt right in, swam for several feet up before I whistled to them thinking, what are you guys doing? And they, they did actually come out of the, up out of the water. Um, oh, so awesome. no, it's unplanned dunk. But they've they've not ventured in since. They've it's a little deeper than Nick. <laughs> I saw that picture and I was thinking, I don't know if that was intended. That's, that's a good one. That is so funny. The, yeah, the Bossa Nova horse is actually wearing a cool coat at the time, and I thought, gosh, Uh-oh. don't get tangled. Yeah, that's scary. He was all right. Yeah, we actually we actually met you down there in Ocala over the winter, and I know I'm sure you remember, but. Um, it was we're that was our first trip to Ocala ever, and we were quite impressed. And it's just amazing, Ocala. The ground is like footing. It's like you don't need footing there. It is. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, it absolutely is. And in the summer, um, they kept telling me in the summer the footing's even better. And I didn't know if that was just a way to try and keep me down <laughs> here or whether it was actually true. But with the storms every afternoon. Um, it really is the, the footing couldn't be better with the sand and it gets watered and the grass is incredible. Um, you really cut down on any hay bill that you might've had because they just, they just eat tons. So yeah, we're really fortunate with the footing here. I'm sure in the winter you're really missing Great Britain though, right? Is that true? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Funny, funny. So, Hey, so, uh, you know, you're, 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 you just got back in November. The business is growing. Um, t- like, what's uh, are you growing? Are you are you uh, still taking on students? Are still taking on horses? Anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. I I think um, at the moment I want to keep kind of a, a good team of horses. I'm not in the big numbers business. I don't want to have a giant um, barn full of several horses. I want to focus on kind of individual horses and try and produce them to the best that I can. Um, that being said, I would like a couple more in the barn um, and along with them, some, some owners and um, some sponsors and things. I've had a lot of, a lot of support thus far, um, but I think all of us professionals are always looking to, to better yourself and outdo yourself. And so, yes, I'd be, I'd be looking for um, particularly competition horses and for people to join the team, whether that be working student um, or an owner wanting to see their horse progress. Oh, awesome. I tell you, I mean, just, just meeting you in person and, and, you know, see, seeing you ride in person and talking to you in person. I mean, you are, you're the, you're the same guy in person to talking to strangers that Karen and I were at the time 
as you are on the uh, you know on this interview right now you just you you're, you're just the nicest guy ever um the first time i saw you i think you were in in a in a barn with wd-40 lubing up some <laughs> some stall doors and i was like hey that's a yeah that's a really nice maintenance guy over there you know <laughs> but you know you just you're just absolutely. such a nice fella and i and i uh i absolutely uh i, I absolutely i think if some working students ever came for you or some students i think they would definitely uh get some serious benefiting from 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 that for sure i would highly recommend you yeah <laughs> very good well i i really appreciate that that says a lot <laughs> so uh what advice would you give to an up-and-coming uh rider looking to go pro uh, good question. I think working student programs are really, really good. You can, um, especially for somebody that's on a budget like myself, um, you have access to a lot of education, whether it be on the ground. And I think a lot of people overlook that just because you're not on a horse doesn't mean that you can't be learning. Um, so if you're, if you're lacking the funds to have your own horse or horses, then working student is great. You can um, watch and help and then hopefully have a chance to be on some of the horses and take them for hacks. All of that is really important. Um, and I think, I think going to Europe is really pretty exciting and might seem difficult, but could really help um, certain riders. And I think it all, all depends on um, where they are and what they're looking for. I, you don't have to go when you're 20 and you don't have to wait until you're 30. Um, whenever suits you and you have a, a time, if, if one can make it over there, it really is an incredible time. Um, so yeah, there's lots of different things you can do, but surround yourself with good horses and good horse people. Um, and I think that will help you progress the quickest. Awesome. Yeah. And then where you're at down there at Liz's place in the winter, it is just, it's, it's, uh, uh it's like a Mecca. I mean, Ocala has tons of people. Liz's place has tons of pros. It's uh you're surrounded there by serious talent, a lot of good coaching. Absolutely. And as a professional, I think you need to surround yourself with that. You need to have people pushing you um, to work harder, train harder, um, and to not get lax in your ways. And so I think, yeah, over the winter we have um, clinics going on, lessons going on. Liz will be back. Um, and so, yeah, there's just a lot going on. And I think you always want to, um, if you're doing a leg yield and it's not quite right, then you have people watching. You just want to make sure that everything is to the T. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, just make yourself train as hard and as well as you can. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, good advice. That is awesome. So, hey, so what's the future plan for Andrew McConnell? What's the, you have the goals, the legacy you want to have? What's, um, What's the future look like if, if you can had a crystal ball? <laughs> um, I think short-term goal is to produce the horses that I have. Um, long-term goal is to, yeah, to get some really good quality young horses into this country. Um, I also love the off-the-track thoroughbreds. So I'm always on the, on the search for um, a thoroughbred that has good movement, good brain, and, and really bravery wants to, wants to go on. But my goal is to, to reach the four-star level, to find uh, a horse that wants to do that, um, and then to do many more after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely the goal. And if that leads into representing um, the country in some sort of championship, I'd love that. But awesome. the main goal is to, 
to, yeah, to bring a horse along and, um, and just do the best I can with the horses that I have. Awesome. That sounds like a solid plan to me, mm-hmm. Karen Annie. So, Hey, so you're building your business. You're back in the States. Um, like sponsorship. We, we always like to make sure that we highlight riders, sponsors. So that way, you know, we, we get to recognize them for doing this great thing by helping out the, these upper level riders. So, um, since you've been back in the States, have, have you been able to pick up sponsors or anything like that? And if so, who do you want to give them shout outs? This is your time to shine. Yeah, definitely. Um, for SDA saddles, uh, with James Daniel Connor, he's, he's been great. He just fitted my horses and they'll actually be here, um, next week, I think. So I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Um, great saddles that fit the horses really well um and suit suit myself as well um picked up a boot company that i can't reveal quite yet but i'm really (laughs) excited about um and yeah so so things are really coming along really well that's awesome and if you had like a if you had like a uh, you know just uh if you had that dream sponsor out there would is there anyone out there that you really use their products you love it and you'd love to send them a shout out and say hey i'm here and i love your stuff and be a great ambassador for you (laughs) i think uh safety is really important it's been um encouraging in the sport to see see how it's been progressing from jumps to to different horse equipment and i think charles owen who i've ridden in for basically my whole life um has been produced an incredible helmet and so i'd love to uh, to represent Charles Owen, I think. Awesome, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think you would. I think I think you'd be a great ambassador yeah. for those guys. Those guys are very good. Uh, I think you would be a good ambassador for. Him. I mean, I'm, I I I really, I really was impressed with you when I met you in Ocala, and uh, you know, you didn't know us from Adam, and and uh, you were just uh, such a gentleman, and uh, I think that you definitely would represent any brand, fantastic. You know, with your approachability and and. Uh, I just, I just think any brand would be lucky to have you. So, I'm behind well, you, buddy. Good. If, well, thank you so much. If, if my, if my little opinion matters, but hey, whatever. I'm a big time podcaster, Karen. So right. of course I got clout, right? <laughs> I love it. So if Charles Owen is listening, how could they get in touch with you? Do you have a website, social media, anything like that? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook, uh, McConnell Eventing, um, on Instagram, Andrew S. McConnell, um, and I do have a website, Um And so those three ways. I don't do Twitter. I haven't really figured that out. Um, so not, on, <laughs> not on those platforms, but uh, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, and my website. Awesome. Is there any way we can get a picture of you and your bolo? <laughs> I, got I do have one actually Send I have a it. black and white photo it was in the newspaper I won some some class some western pleasure class and um, my dad I was teeny tiny giving me a leg up basically throwing me over the other side of the horse um, but yes I will get you a photo of me in my awesome. white shirt cowboy boots and bolo and you realize that's going that's plastered all over all our social media and we do have twitter so <laughs> Oh, very good. Well, you can say whatever you want. I won't. Hey, you started back. And you know what's funny? I was thinking about it because you you mentioned early on um, about, you know, you started off and did some hunters and stuff like that. And, you know, Karen, I've been kind of feeling bad. I've I've been, I I don't, I keep saying not nice things about the hunter world. 
and I kind of have regret. <laughs> it seems like every episode I kind of somehow poo-poo on the hunters. But, you know, I, I've thought about it, and I and I do like the hunters. And, and, and I think that the hunters do a great job, especially the equitation side, mm-hmm. of getting the good equitation into good form and, and putting people working on good legs and good hands and good seat and all that stuff. So yeah, I just want to make yeah, sure no, that's that very important. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I completely do not like the hunters. I think the hunters do have a very good place. <laughs> I just, some of the stuff is a little weird to me, but I think as far as like the equitation side and all goes, I think it is fantastic and beneficial. So Andrew, I just had to say that I was thinking, I was like, Oh man, you know, I keep pooing on the, the hunters and, <laughs> So, but anyhow, Karen, Annie, oh. this was yeah, awesome, wasn't it? Was. it? Yep, it was. Andrew, fun. uh, I don't know what else to say except for thanks a lot. We, we're really rooting for you and really wish you all the best. And, uh, we, uh, we're just so grateful and thankful that you came on the show and, uh, we're just wishing you all the best. And that Bossa Nova horse is something else. Mm-hmm. So we've got to keep an eye on that yeah. horse, Karen. <laughs> yeah. I've got to find somebody to, uh, to own half of them with me. I think that's <laughs> going to be my, my next goal because yeah, he's, He's been he's been great, um, really fun. But thank you so much for having me on the show. I think you guys are doing a fantastic thing as well, um, letting us kind of have a bit of a spotlight here and and getting our story out. Um, so thank you so much to you guys. Awesome. Oh, yeah, well, thanks awesome. a lot. And somebody get out there and buy this horse. I have a feeling now that it's it's out there in the universe that this horse is. We're looking for some partnership. Mm-hmm. Someone with more money than us, Karen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd be all up on it, Andrew. I'm telling you, except. <laughs> You know, this podcasting just doesn't pay what it used to. You know what I mean? So Yeah, right. Right, exactly. No, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure someone will. Absolutely. He's I mean, just look at this record. Look at his scores. Oh my goodness gracious. So um I I, I think that horse is uh fantastic. And what breeding is he? Is he he's a British breed of some sort. What is he? Well, he's a Hanoverian actually. Oh, he okay. was bred the the poor thing up in Scotland. Um <laughs> the poor <so>. thing. <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's cold up there. So yeah, bred up in Scotland, um, and I got him in North Yorkshire, um, in England. And so yeah, I'm, he's handling this heat remarkably well, considering. Oh, that's um, good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, he's an awesome horse, and you're an awesome fella. And if you ever need anything, just pick up the phone, give us a ring, buddy. Very good. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks Thank for having you. me on. Thank yes, you. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember to subscribe to Major League Eventing's podcast and give us a rating on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can always contact us at MajorLeagueEventing at gmail.com. Cheers. <laughs>